This is WCNY's The Capital Press Room, and we're turning our attention to polypharmacy, the practice of prescribing a high, often inappropriate number of medications, which is a common occurrence in nursing homes. In response to concerns about this practice, the United Hospital Fund, a nonprofit working toward an effective and equitable healthcare system for all New Yorkers, partnered with six nursing homes to pursue deprescribing, essentially reducing the reliance on inappropriate medications. To find out the results of this partnership, which have been compiled for a new report, and how these findings could impact prescription drug utilization around the state, we're joined by two of the report's authors, and they are Alice Ehrlich, Senior Program Manager for the United Hospital Fund. Welcome to the show, Alice. Good afternoon. And the other author joining us is Joan Guzik, Director of Quality and Efficiency for the organization's Quality Institute. Thanks for joining us, Joan. Thank you. So what is the downside of polypharmacy? So every drug has its side effects. And the more drugs an individual takes, the more likely that there is going to be some kind of interaction with those drugs. So it really increases the likelihood of some type of adverse event. And as individuals get older, these drugs affect older adults in different ways in terms of how they're metabolized. So the risks associated with polypharmacy really increase as a person gets older. So heading into this examination, what were your expectations about the utilization of prescription drugs in nursing homes? And how did that compare with what you found at the six facilities that you partnered with? In terms of the numbers of medications, the average number of medications that was identified in our initial work, it was probably similar to what we expected. If anything, it might have been even in the organizations that we worked with, maybe even a little bit lower than we we may have thought because the literature reflects that this is, you know, really a very widespread common occurrence in nursing homes. Well, you looked at facilities that varied in size, staffing, resources. So did you come ac- across any commonalities in those facilities as to what does lead to polypharmacy where it does happen? There wasn't really any difference based on the size and the type of facility um, in terms of how likely there was to have polypharmacy. It pretty much was an issue across the board for the organizations. Well, what is it then that leads to polypharmacy? Is it just about an ignorance of what people are taking? Is it some sort of effort to cover one's liability by prescribing every pill under the sun? What seems to be the root of it? I think the root of polypharmacy is really the fragmented nature of our healthcare system. When people, I think it starts in the community. So an older adult, as they more likely have chronic conditions, may be on a number of different medications that are actually, you know, indicated for their conditions. And some of these might be prescribed um, by their primary care physician. Some of them might be prescribed by a number of specialists. 
And in some cases, nobody is really looking at these medications on a regular basis and saying, which ones can we actually get rid of? So it really starts in the community. And then sometimes patients end up in the hospital and medications are added in the hospital. They may be transferred to a nursing home. So there's even more medications that have been added. So I think it really is not a problem that is created by the nursing homes. It's really a problem that is exacerbated by the patient's chronic conditions and seeing lots of providers who may not be coordinating care very well. Well, how do you go about coordinating that care to overcome, say, the the siloing of different services and, say, the lack of communication under the current landscape? Well, that's a very complicated question. And in terms of coordination of care within the community, that's really not a topic that this particular study looked at. What we looked at is what could the nursing homes actually do to have better processes and be more focused on identifying opportunities to what we call de-prescribe potentially inappropriate uh, medications. And this is really kind of a movement that has been going on across the country, actually internationally, that people are really beginning to really see this as an issue that requires more focus. Well, yeah. How successful were you in that de-prescribing movement at the facilities that you partnered with? And what were some of the individual success stories that you encountered as the result of weaning people off some of the drugs they were on? We were able to reduce the number of residents taking 10 or more medications overall by 16% in a four-month period. Overall, the nursing home reduced the average number of medications prescribed per nursing home resident from 10.7 to 8.7. And the way we did our work is the organization's focused on particular medications. And for each of the medications that that they focused on, um, every nursing home was able to decrease the number of prescriptions in the categories that they um, that they targeted. And did you find that in working with the nursing homes, this was essentially an eye-opening experience for them? Or is this something that they were cognizant of in terms of the the polypharmacy that's happening? I think it was something that they were cognizant of, but in some cases they had a better sense of what the numbers were and in other cases, not nearly as much. So I do think that that varied across facility and it, it also varied um, varied across the you know the different medication categories. So Joan, I was also struck by the reports mentioning uh, about the role that family can play in preventing the polypharmacy because it actually makes me think of my own experience with my grandparents and the different experiences they had in the healthcare system where one had their children readily available to come to doctor's appointments, to engage with the people that were administering their healthcare and the, and the other did not. So how big of a difference can family make in terms of preventing something like polypharmacy from occurring? 
the role of patients and their families is really important in terms of asking the right questions and making sure that they understand what the purpose of the various medications are, because that's something that's um, not uncommon, that people don't even know what the purpose of the medications are. So I think it's important to be asking, you know, asking the right questions um, about maybe opportunities to, you know, de-prescribe certain medications. Um, one of the things that we found and and was really also um, showed in the literature is that sometimes um, with certain medications, families may not want to take um, their loved one off of the medication. They may feel like it's something like withdrawing, you know, with taking something away, as opposed to doing something that's going to improve their well-being. So I think it's it's really important to, you know, educate um, the, the nursing home residents and their families about um, potential harms of medications, of certain medications, and opportunities for, you know, for de-prescribing. Well, finally, do you think that all of the nursing homes around the state have the capacity to take on this sort of review and self-examination of practices like that you spearheaded at the six New York area nonprofit nursing homes? Or does the state or some other entity need to sort of implore nursing homes to do this or, or give them resources to take on this type of uh, examination and sort of focus on safety prescribing? All the nursing homes um, would likely find opportunities within their own organization to, um, you know, to implement some change to their um, review processes and to um, educate their their staff um, and and patients um, and family members. Um, I do. I really think that there's a lot of opportunity, you know, in the nursing homes, and this is not something that requires tremendous resources to do. This really requires an examination of your processes, maybe some change in your in your workflow, and sort of consistent attention to um, to the data to see what's going on in the organization. And is there a next step in this review for the United Hospital Fund? Are there other drugs that you want to really focus on or other areas where you think deprescribing could be of significant benefit? So the report focused on our first year, and we're actually in our second year of the initiative where we are focusing on um, on a different categories of medications. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. I want to thank our guests that we've been speaking with, Joan Guzik and Alice Ehrlich, both of the United Hospital Fund. Uh, Joan and Alice, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. 
Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information.